Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. Let's open our Bibles to first, no, not first, second Kings chapter five. Because I believe most of the people here this morning are those who have a heart for service as well. So I'm going to share with us some things to help you along as you serve. And not to fall into certain traps that a lot of people fall into while they serve. Amen? Amen? First, Second Kings chapter 5, and we're going to start reading from verse 1. Um, I'll do my best to read as fast as I can. Now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper. Hmm. It's not interesting after everything you've done and every, after everything you've accomplished in life, people always find something to tag you with. And the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. Then she said to her mistress, if only my master were the prophet who is in, who, if only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. And Naaman went in and told his master, saying, thus and thus said the girl who is from the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, go now and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten changes of clothing. Then he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which said, Now be advised, and this is just a part of the letter, but now be advised, when this letter comes to you, that I have sent Naaman my servant to you, that you may heal him of his leprosy. And it happened when the king of Israel read the letter that he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and make alive? that this man sends a man to me to heal him of leprosy. Therefore, please consider and see how he seeks a quarrel with me. How is he seeking a quarrel with you? He, he carries out raids in your land and you do nothing about it. But hey, that's fine. So it was when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, that he sent to the king saying, why have you torn your clothes? Please let him come to me. And he shall know that as a prophet in Israel. Confidence. Then Naaman went with his horses and chariot, and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. I'm going to skip most of this part, because this is Naaman going back and forth, saying, Why should I wash in the Jordan? After all, there are better rivers in Syria where I come from. And... His servants tell him, guy, calm down. If he had told you to jump, won't you jump? All he's just telling you is just go take a shower or just go bathe. That's all. Just go bathe, man. Calm down. And he did. And he came off clean. Hallelujah. And he returned to the man of God and all his aides and came and stood before him and said, Indeed, now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Now, therefore, please take a gift for your servant. Verse 16. But he said, as the Lord lives before whom I stand, I will receive nothing. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. So Naaman said, then if not, please let your servant be given two mil loads of earth. So he was healed, and now he wants to take earth from Israel back to Syria. For your servant will no longer offer 
either burnt offering or sacrifice to other gods, but to the Lord. Yet in this thing, may the Lord pardon your servant. When, your, when my master goes into the temple of Rimen to worship there, and he leans on my hand, and I bow down in the temple of Rimen. When I bow down in the temple of Rimen, may the Lord please pardon your servant in this thing. Then he said to him, go in peace. So he departed from him a short distance. I'm going to stop here. Following on, we see Gehazi, Elisha's servant, run after Naaman and collect what was intended for Elisha that Elisha refused. And he takes it from Elisha and he runs away. And he, once he runs, he hides it and then comes back to meet Elisha. And Elisha tells him, when you were running, was my heart not with you? So there are some things we do in the place of service and we think nobody's seen you. Don't forget, there's always someone God has set in motion, God has set over the affairs of that activity you're doing. The spirit of that person is also watching what you're doing in the place of service. I know for some of us it went over our head, but you understand it by the end of the sermon. And then, of course, Elisha tells him, because you have done this, from verse 26, he says, did not my heart go with you? Is it time to receive? Okay, verse 26, then he said, did not my heart go with you when the man turned back from his chariot to meet you? Is it time to receive money and to receive clothing, olive groves and vineyard, sheep and oxen, male and female servants? Therefore, the leprosy of Naaman shall cling to you and your descendants forever. And he went out from his presence, leprous, as white as snow. This was a man who was supposed to take over from Elisha, the same way Elisha took over from Elijah. It does not matter how long you served. One error in the place of service can shut it down forever. It doesn't matter how long. I've been serving for 15 years. One mistake. I know, I know Jesus died on the cross. Don't get me wrong. Grace is abounding. Don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he reap. Now let's dive in. Um, how many more ministers? Okay, I see that there. Thank you. We see Naaman here, a Syrian, enjoying access. Naaman is a Syrian commander enjoying what? Access. And the access is enjoying to information is because his servant is from Israel. If Naaman did not have a servant from Israel, he wouldn't have enjoyed that access. My title of my sermon is Rights and Privileges. You see, Naaman's servant was not captured in war. If Naaman's servant was captured in war, then he has every right to his servant. If Naaman's servant was captured in battle, then he has every right to his servant. Now, what is the difference between war and battle? War is an intense armed conflict between militaries, governments, characterized by extreme violence, aggression, destruction, and mortality that stretches for many months or years. That is why it's not called the battle in Afghanistan. It was called the war in Afghanistan. That's why it's not called the battle in Ukraine. It's called the war 
in Ukraine because it's a war going on, but we don't know when it's going to end. But the difference between a war and a battle is that a battle lasts for a period. So let's say Putin went into Ukraine and stayed there one week and came back out. We will call it a battle, not a war. But the difference with Naaman here is that he did not go to war nor battle. So what he went to was a raid. Which means in the middle of the night while Israel was sleeping, he went with his soldiers and conquered small towns and took everything they had and went away. So he will go into a city, steal everything, clear out their resource, take out the youth and leave all the elders and go. In a raid, they never take the elders. They always take the young people. So imagine as you are seated here, someone comes in a raid in Arlington and takes you all away but leaves your parents. Will your parents be happy? Yes or no? Okay. Why? Because someone is taking away their future. So this is something Naaman has been doing over and over again and he has amassed a lot of wealth. So let me ask you, is that wealth gotten by hard work or is it gotten by ill gains? So when something is upon a man, be careful before you collect something from that man because you don't know what you're going to partake of. That is why Elisha refused it. Elisha was a prophet. When people come to the prophet, they always come with a gift. Why is it now that this prophet who is, who is going to receive gold, silver, and clothing is refusing it? But I jump ahead of myself. Your current state does not determine your status or your status. Your current state does not determine your status. What does that mean? You might be broke, but it does not mean you are poor. You might have a headache, but it does not mean you're sick. Are you flowing with me? You might have body ache, but it does not mean you have COVID. There's a difference between what is afflicting you and what you have. Naaman was a commander. The fact that he had leprosy did not take it away from who he was. If you approach him anyhow, your head will go for it. So also, you and I, when the enemy approaches you in a funny way, you remember who you are. Let your, state, let your state determine how you approach and speak back to the enemy. Are you with me? Sorry, let your status, not your state. Let your status determine how you respond back. Are you sure you're going to pay your rent today? Yes. But you don't have a job. Does it matter? My 
word, the word says that my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus. So I don't care enemy what you're trying to instill in my mind to make me restless, to increase my blood pressure. I am calm because I know my Redeemer lives. And at this stage, you walk in that faith until your God works out your path before you. And at 11.59 p.m., one minute before it's midnight when your rent is due, you know what, my brother and my sister, I just felt like blessing you today. And what they are blessing you with is what you need to pay your rent. Or you need to get an admission. All your friends are gone. Or it's classes, you're failing. But you know you've put in the hard work. You know that you know this. And you just decide, I know I'm not going, I'm not a failure. The fact that I'm failing does not mean I'm a failure. So you're not allowing your state determine your status. Let's go to verse 5. Verse 5, we see a display of authority. Verse 5, we see a display of authority. See, the king of Syria has done this thing where he has raided Israel for time and time again to where he now feels he can talk to the king of Israel anyhow. And he does that. And this is why I break things off a little bit. When matters come to you, do you see it as your right to answer or do you see it as a privilege to answer? The king of Israel saw it as a right to respond to the letter. Forgetting that it was a privilege he received the letter. Are you with me? When the enemy gives you a bad report, do you see it as a right to receive the bad report? Or do you see it as a privilege? You see, because if you see it as a right, then you accept what is in the letter. But if you see it as a privilege, it means that there's something you're doing that is prompting for somebody to send you such a letter. And when it's a privilege, you don't respond to it. You pass it off to who it's their right to respond to it. So Elijah tells the man, young man, calm down. It's not your letter. It is my own. Some matters and issues we have in our life, Jesus is telling you, it's not your right to respond to it. You only receive the letter by privilege. Pass it off to me. It's my right to respond. So in the place of service, you start to understand that not every matter that the enemy brings into your mind deserves your response. It's not every bad dream you pray about. Because you look at the dream and you say, whose report is this? It's not my report. He was talking to you. This is what Hezekiah did. When he received a letter, he did not respond to it. He went back to the temple and said, God, they are not talking to me. He's talking to you. Senekerib is talking to you, not me. When you understand rights and privileges, then you, inv- you provoke God to respond on your behalf. But when you think it's your right, 
God folds his hands and lets you deal with it. Like I said, I already went ahead of myself. Naaman's wealth was gotten by was gotten on the backs of pain and hurting people. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 11 speaks to that. Proverbs 13 verse 11. It says, Wealth gained by dishonesty will diminish, but he who gathers by labor will increase. And this also affected Naaman, um, affected Gehazi. Now, what is a right to one person can be perceived as a privilege to another. It was the young girl's right to tell her, Master, that somebody can heal you. For Naaman, it was a privilege to receive that information. Are you with me? If Naaman took it as a right to have received that information, what he could have done was to start seeking every single Israel, Israelite that he has come across with and kill them for not telling him that information. Are you still with me? Mm-hmm. The king of Syria saw it as a right that king of Israel must heal his commander. That is why he worded the letter the way he did to the king of Israel. Thinking that because he was superior to the king of Israel in army and in might, the king of Israel ought to do whatever he said. Mm. The king of Israel did not understand his right. He thought the fact that he received the letter was a right. No, it was just a privilege. Elijah understood that it was a right for him to receive the letter because he was a representative of God. Because after Elijah, who else would it go to? So, now I go back to the dream. When you have a dream and it's a nightmare and you want to pray about it, what stance are you taking? Are you praying about it as the final bus stop, as the mouthpiece of God? Let me tell you what your prayer will sound like. When you have a nightmare and you're praying, you will not say, if it's, a, right, if it's a privilege for you, this is what you will say. Father, as your mouthpiece, upon this matter I decree. You see, you are not asking when it is a privilege. You are declaring what the person with the authority has conferred upon you to say. But when you see that dream as a right, that the dream belongs to you, you enter the mode of begging. You enter panic mode. Because now fear has crept in. Are you still with me? For those of us who, anyone who is working right here, let me, let me ask you a question. How many of us have jobs, like you own a job? Not that you own your own business. No, if you own your own business, that's fine. No, if you're working for somebody, okay. 
If there's no money to pay your salary, is it your business? Huh? Is it your business? If it's every two weeks you agree to pay me, all I know is on the second week I open my account, I want to see... Whether you're about to file for bankruptcy, you're broke, it's not my... Because what? It is not your right to pay yourself. But it's the, biz- the owner of the business. In two weeks, I'm going to pay Rolo. What are we going to do? Okay, okay, you know what? Let's move money from this account. Move money from this account. Okay, let's call this bank and get this loan and get it. When, as a servant, when you understand what is your right and what is your privilege, you know the things to take to God and you know the things to keep to yourself. Believers have headaches or have migraines on unnecessary issues. Jesus Christ says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Cast your cares upon me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What Jesus is saying is, Give me the letter. It might be your right by the record of sin. It is your right to answer it. But I am saying, give it to me. I am making it my right now to respond on your behalf so that it becomes your privilege to have an answer. Stop addressing every matter. Let's go back to our example. Let's use this place as a company right now. You were off today. Okay? Let's say all of us, just picture yourself right now at home. You're on paid time of your on vacation. Right? PTO. Mm-hmm. And somebody comes to this place and takes a gun and is destroying the entire space. Right? Are you going to be worried? Yes, a gun. And you're not, you're, remember, you're not at home. This is work. You are at home. You're watching Netflix and you're chilling. Is it your problem that the workplace is being destroyed? Why? You're at home, you're chilling. Should I add one more thing? You're not worried because it does not belong to you. If it belonged to you, even though you are on vacation, you will get off vacation. Yeah. When matters come up, how do you see it? You see, understanding rights and privileges now determines if you want to collect a gift or if you want to get paid. Gehazi was running after what Naaman brought. But the servant who told Naaman where to go, why did she ask for a gift? 
Because she understood that if my master is made whole, I am made whole. It does not matter what he has. Everything he has belongs to me. That is what in Luke chapter 15 verse 17, that's what the prodigal son said. How many of my father's servants have enough to eat? I will go back to my father and I will say, Father, forgive me for I have sinned against heaven and I have sinned against you. Because the son in the beginning of that chapter asked his father for his rights. <laughs> the moment he asked his father for his rights and his father gave, he said, Father, give to me my birthright. So he became solely responsible for everything that concerned him. But the moment he came back to his senses and understood that you, he cannot have his rights, but he can have a privilege to access what belonged to his father. Then he understood continuity. He understood overflow. He understood prosperity. He understood increase. So when I tell you that the fact that you don't have money in your account does not mean you are poor. It's because you understand your right and your privilege. I don't need to have money in my account, a million dollars right now. But if I have a problem that shows up that requires a million dollars, I will get a million dollars. Because it's not my right to have it. It is my privilege to have it. The person that it is his right to respond will give me the million when I need the million. So what do you need? Do you need healing? You need promotion? Do you need a good doctor's report? Do you need peace? What is it you need? What is it that you need? What do you need?
have come to draw. If you understand the sound of my voice and you have not given your life to Jesus Christ, now is the moment. either online or here in the, in the sanctuary. Just lift up your hand wherever you are. You might say, okay, I've, I've, I've dedicated my life before to Christ, but I want to rededicate my life. And you're here and you're listening to me. Just lift up your hands where you are. us to pray please rise on your feet first we're going to ask God for mercy in every report that we have received that we answered on his behalf without his permission ask the Lord for mercy Father forgive me for believing that things that have come my way have been my right to respond to them. Lord, I took a step where I was not supposed to. I made a jump where I was not supposed to. I decided to walk when you told me to stand. I decided to stand when you told me to sit. Lord, have mercy. And Father, for everything that has resulted in my life because I spoke wrongly or I answered wrongly, Father, I ask by the grace and by the mercy of the Lord, let it be reversed. Let that result be reversed. I got into a relationship when I, because even though you told me not to go into it, and now I'm suffering from heart, from broken heart. Lord, I pray by the mercy of the Holy Spirit, by the mercy, by the mercy of the Father, Lord, let my heart be mended together once again. Father, I went into a business, I went into a proposition, I went, I took a proposal that you told me not to take because I felt it was my right to do XYZ to provide for my family. But Lord, I pray right now, and now I'm seeing the repercussions of it. I shouldn't have gone into that business, I shouldn't have gone into that agreement. Lord, I pray that your mercy will prevail. And Lord, you create a way of escape for me to get out of that contract. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Father, we pray this morning that by your mercy, wherever we have 
spoken out of turn. Wherever we have said what we ought not to say. Wherever we have done what we ought not to do. Wherever we have taken actions or steps contrary to your purpose and your plan. We ask for mercy. In the name of Jesus. Father, from today, each and every one of us, this, both online and here in, in, in the sanctuary, under the sound of my voice, Father, that has the heart to serve. Lord, I pray that you bless them. Help us to understand our rights. Help us to understand the privilege. That your name be glorified. Father, in, we will not just serve, but we will teach others how to serve you. Thank you, precious Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Thank you for tuning in to the Gap Church Podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations, we celebrate you. Don't forget to text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Again, text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.